What's up, Recovery Soul Food Warriors? It's your pal, it's your friend, it's your host, Lona L.C. Curry, and I'm back at you with another episode of the Recovery Soul Food Podcast. Man, I cannot wait for you to meet my good friend, Barry Goodwin. Now, Barry has not necessarily a different story, but it's different because Barry's so different. Barry is one of the most amazing human beings I've ever met. And it's just so hard to sum up Barry in one intro, in one podcast. But look, Barry's story is powerful. Barry spent nine years in prison on some very heavy drug trafficking and gun charges. And Barry also was a very high-ranking member in a prison gang that Barry has turned his life around, man. Like Barry is the epitome of making a decision to change your life and doing everything that you need to to make that happen by completely moving to a different state, throwing his phone in the river, and rebuilding his life. So through his childhood, through prison, Many of those nine years spent in solitary confinement to homelessness through mental health issues. Barry begs us to ask the question in recoveries, have you changed your default settings? So I know you're going to fall in love with Barry because Barry is that kind of guy. He's my brother. He's my friend. So guys, gals, get ready. For Recovery Soul Food meets Barry Goodwin. What's up, Recovery Soul Food podcast listeners? It's your host, it's your pal, it's me, Elsie. And today I have an extra, extra special guest, one of my very best friends in the whole world, Mr. Barry Goodwin. Now, Barry fills me with wisdom all the time. Like he drops nuggets of power and fire on me at all times. There are so many reasons that this guy is one of my best friends, but I'm going to let him tell his story so that you can understand how truly, absolutely amazing this man truly is. So if you're ready, I'm ready, and I'm pretty sure Barry's ready. So without further, further ado, Let's get into Recovery Soul Food meets Barry Goodwin. What's up, man? Welcome, welcome. Third time's a charm. <laughs> so, Barry. Talk to us. These listeners don't even realize how special you are yet, but after this episode, they're going to get a little glimpse. First of all, let's talk about what do you got? Five years in recovery, right? Five years? Awesome, man. What a birthday coming up. Five years is a big deal. That's a big deal, especially for us, man. Five years is a huge deal. So, as we talk about, you know, five years and, and, and seven years and years in recovery, take us back to day one. Like, like, how did you get, well, 
how did we start? How did how did Barry get to be at a place that had to start day one of recovery? What's your backstory, Barry? Huh. Well, <clears throat> I wasn't oh. going to be clean where I was at. It wasn't going to happen. Right. There was no network for recovery where I was at. There was just further and further strung out until death right yeah yeah so yeah. i had to move away i moved over here i moved here to wilmington from tennessee and uh i didn't know anybody in this town i'd never been to this town wow I had no idea about anything right i had a greyhound bus ticket from cleveland tennessee and it's a giant cliche, but I landed here in Wilmington with actually the clothes on my back. No money, a tank top, a pair of blue jeans, a pair of sneakers. Hadn't eaten in a couple of days. Wow. And uh, on the street for, I don't know, maybe three weeks at the most. I landed at, landed at the rescue mission and uh, stayed there for like eight months and then moved over next right down the street from you same apartment complex yeah and uh then moved over to where i'm at now and uh it didn't have anything to do with me it was all by his grace right yeah every bit of it yep anybody and, and well, and taking that next right step, I mean, that that whole next right step, that that place where you get where you just get to the point where you say, I've had enough and I've either got I've got two choices here. I either stay and die or I move and and recreate my life completely. And of course, you know, when you live lives like ours, you don't know what that other side looks like. So, you know, getting off that bus here in a strange city. You know, I, I, sometimes I think, man, when we get that low, because I was there in a different way, too. But when we get that low, man, it's almost like we almost got nowhere to go. But but uh, because we're at that place where, you know, I, I'm broken. I, I surrender. I'm here. Help me. Yeah. Help me. And so exactly. I've been I, I've gotten to I've gotten to see so many I've gotten I've gotten to watch your life from the outside and I have gotten to see so many of those things fall in place. And I've also gotten to watch a lot of those struggles and those tribulations, because I'll tell you, as long as I've known you, I've never seen anything come easy. But the one thing that I've admired about you the entire time is that I never saw you get to a place where you just said, you know, effort man i'm i'm done i'm going back to it that just never was an option for you so you know i guess tell us about the strength in that time you know tell us about how you kept your eye on the prize when you know most all of us get to that place where we're just like effort man i mean i just nothing's going right for me how did you go how did you deal with that well <clears throat> honestly it's just all by his grace it wasn't me dealing with much of any of it right yeah. um 
the only thing that I knew how to do for myself was be strung out, sick, terrible, horrible human being. Mm -hmm. and, and so the worst, you know what, the worst day that I've had in the last five years was gravy compared to my best days of ever being strung out. That's so true. It, it, it's all, you know what? Every day is gravy. It's just gravy compared to what it was, right? Yeah. And we get upset and we talk trash about the people that are around us all the time, right? Yeah. But the people that are around me now are so much better than the people that were around me before, right? Okay. The, worst, the worst, the worst people that I have any contact with now are light years ahead of the people that I ran with before. Always, yeah, always. That's so true. That's so true. So it's it it's vital to to really get into that thing, you know, that that whole change your people places and things because you know when you're trying to stay clean in the same in the same atmosphere you got sick in that's fighting a losing battle and, and a lot yeah. of people like yeah a lot of people like to use the excuse of and i call it an excuse because we're not going to sugarcoat it. it is it is an excuse to say well i can't just pick up and leave or i can't just do that man you left with nothing but the clothes on your back i mean that was your dedication to the choice you made to this life has to change. There's something more yeah, here, you know? Yeah. And it wouldn't have mattered if it was Wilmington, North Carolina, Anchorage, Alaska. It was it, the further away, the better for me. And honestly, people, places, things, right. And, I didn't even start doing social media until about six months ago. Yeah. I went four and a half years without ever firing up my Facebook or anything. And because I didn't want to have any interaction with any of the people from back home. I didn't want to see pictures of that place. I didn't want to hear anybody's name, nothing, right? None of it. And the shit <clears throat> for me, the willpower has never been be around drugs and not do them. The willpower for me is don't put yourself in some dumbass situation yeah. where you have to be really smart or you have to be really strong to get yourself through it or get yourself out of it. Yeah. Don't freaking do it. Yeah, you're gonna mess up. I don't care who you are. It, yep. it ain't gonna. It's not gonna end the way that you or anybody else thinks it's going to. It ain't. It ain't right. And yeah. you know me, and some other people know me. And my whole thing has always been: don't put myself in any kind of situation to where I'm going to have to have any willpower. Cause I ain't going to do it, man. I, I love that. It ain't going to happen. 
right? It's not. Yeah. And anybody who says that they can do that sort of thing is blinded by their own bullshit. That's the <laughs> truth. They can't see past the bullshit coming out of their own mouth. That's and it ain't gonna happen, right? And it's the truth, right? For me anyway. Yeah. I can't I can't go I, you and I just went to the food line. I can walk through that food line and not get a box of freaking little Debbies. I can do there's my willpower. If I bring them home and put yeah. them in my house, I'm gonna eat them. Yeah. <laughs> and it's going to be just like any other addictive behavior. I might go over there and get one the first time. And then like tomorrow, I'm going to need two. Yeah. And then pretty soon, I'm going to sit down and eat the whole box. I'm going to be sick for three days. Right? It's the same. I can't put myself in any kind of, or I guess I could maybe, but I ain't going to take a chance. Why? Why? Why take the Why? chance? Exactly. Why? I think that leads us, you know, that leads us to a, a conversation that we were having on the front porch, you know, because it doesn't, you know, whether you're five years, whether you're seven years, whether you're seven minutes, you know, we all have things from the past that jump up and get a hold of us. And, you know, you had a situation where, which brought up a great conversation between us is, you know, about that default programming. And, and I think that, we're talking about that even right now because the default programming says, oh, go ahead. Just, you know, you'll be all right. You got five years. Just just do that. But what we know and you and I know this to be true and we're going to get into that conversation is, you know, the test comes in. Have you changed those those settings? Have you changed that old program and don't think that you're going to get to say yes and not have it, have it, you know, be tested about it because we all need to make sure our tools work or else we just got a shiny box of what we're calling tools. So, you know, talk to us a little bit about some of the things that you've gone through that have honestly, you know, tested your, your skills and, and maybe some of what you do for me a lot is, you know, I take a lot of example and I take a lot of lead from things just like that. Whenever you talk about the the strength in knowing yourself, because I think that's important, Barry, is to, to know oneself the way you're talking about now. And I like the way that you just kind of put it plainly, because that's how you talk to yourself. I mean, that's the way you, you know, talk to your own self is it's plain. And this is how we're going to do it. So, you know, you've had to make some tough decisions. I mean, you come from a background where a lot of your life depended upon, you know, taking certain actions, which makes our friendship. I'll, I'll explain this now for listeners that don't know. When I met Barry, he had become my neighbor and, and we skated around one another for, I think about a month or so, just feeling each other out. Cause we both had that vibe, you know, from each other. We knew we had been through some stuff. We weren't sure, but Barry had been affiliated with a, a, a certain type of a group that didn't necessarily care for 
people like me and or what I assumed that and and we skirted around each other. But what has grown from that has been an amazing friendship. And I wouldn't change one second of it for any amount of money in the world, because Barry has proven to me that if you judge a book by its cover, and I think it's probably vice versa, if you judge a book by its cover, you may miss something that is absolutely divinely designed in life specifically for you. And Barry and I have cultivated an amazing friendship. And that's really one of the things that will, will always keep Barry completely close in my heart because had I judged Barry, had Barry judged me and we had not made those changes in our lives, we might not be sitting here today. And what I would be so hurt to miss this connection. So talk to us about what recreating your life truly, truly means. I mean, that default programming, because you weren't supposed to like me, right? You were not supposed to like me. In fact, you were supposed to hurt me on sight. Maybe, <laughs> maybe. Right. I don't. I don't know. I don't know if it's exactly that hardcore, but I was probably supposed to give you an opportunity to mess up and give me an excuse. Right. 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 And, but you weren't supposed to like me either. That's right? true. But Absolutely. It, and uh, like you said, you're going to get tested. You're going to get tested on your default settings. You're going to. I get tested all the time, all the time. Yeah. Right. Yeah. All the freaking time. And for me, for me, I have to like keep a check on my temper and I have to keep a check on what I do with it, how I handle it. Right. Yeah. And yeah. I get checked all the time, all the time stuff happens. It makes me so mad, but what are you going to do with it? You know, what are you going to do with it, right? I didn't move nine hours away over here to start doing the same stupid stuff I did over there. I could have stayed there where I had a network. Right. I had a support right. system in my stupidity, right? <laughs> I, I, had, I had a pretty good support system on messing up. You know, there were people happy to help me defile my whole world, right? And they would bring me in on the action. Here, let me mess up some of my friends. But it's no good, you know? It's no good like that. And my, my settings have actually changed. And my fallback thing is not, is not do a bunch of dope and then go hurt somebody really bad and do it in a really public way to where everybody sees it. And that's just not, that's not in my DNA anymore. Right. And there's times 
honestly, to be honest with you, there's times that I think, man, I'm just turning into some kind of punk because I don't go do this or whatever. But hey, it's not the truth. It's not the truth, right? And yep. situations come up in my life all the time that make me want to freaking get mad, scream, yell, beat somebody up, you know, do something mean to them or to their property or to somebody they care about or something. But I don't do it, right? I don't do it. And it got, well, when you and I first met, I was breaking teeth, breaking necks. And now it ain't like that anymore. I'm not doing that stuff anymore and really not doing the bully boy thing too much at all anymore. If I do, I double back on myself and say, I'm sorry and stuff. And trust me. Well, you know, there have been a couple of situations come up in my life in the last month or so where it, it really tested me to see, you know, if what was going to happen. But anybody that's going to that's going to walk around and tell if I tell you you can't do this, you shouldn't do that, you got to look at it this other way. As soon as that word comes out my mouth, I'm gonna get tested on that same thing. Yeah, right. You can bet on it. Right. And everybody's got different, you know, settings that you just can't go back to that same stuff and have any success at, at getting better. You can't, you know, and uh, am, am I going to fall back on run up and somebody? all the time? And it's a good thing, too, because, hey, this gray hair is real, man. Me, <laughs> me at this age is not me at 35, and I couldn't do it anymore like I used to. But and there's so many things, you know, is there going to be a stressful situation come up in your life and you're going to go and run and hide in that room and pull up a rig? Are you going to? No, right. you're not going to anymore, right. right? But there was a long time, right? And yep. it's just like it's with anything, right? And that first time is going to be that gateway. Trust me, there have been, well, you know, a couple situations in my life where I just, I, for a lot of years, I would have felt justified to yes. go and do something, right? <laughs> and then for a few years, it got where, okay, if I don't go do this, even though I don't want to do that anymore, if I don't do it, I'm going to look like a punk to myself, to this other person, to whoever. And yeah. and you got to get past it all, right? And, and that, that first is, yeah. time. Yeah, that and that's, time. A good, that's a good, um, that's a really good, you know, segue in there because as we've been talking, the thoughts that's been coming to my mind is, you know, I remember, I really do remember what that transition kind of thing is like where you're, you're so far away from the old man, 
but you're not quite, you know, you still can't quite see that new man. And so you are struggling a lot with that. I don't want to do this, but I don't know who I am if I, if don't, I don't do this. Yeah. And that really, I think that gets to a lot of people in our audience when they're new in recovery. And I think what you're sharing right now is really good wisdom because, you know, a lot of people, a lot of our listeners don't really know that, you know, before you came here and we met, you had pulled a, a very long stretch in the prison system. Well, a lot of our listeners and especially a lot of our, our male listeners, man, they've done that as well. And there is a, you know, we've talked about this extensively. There's a mindset that happens there that is a survival mindset, which means it kicks in and it bonds to you quickly because your life depends on it. And it's hard then to come out into a world where you see physically see some of the same dangers and a lot of the same types of people. And now you're having to decide and change. And that's a really hard transition. And so I appreciate what you're sharing. Our males need to hear that, that of course you're going to feel, yeah, you are going to feel like a pump inside of you. But sometimes, sometimes, sometimes I still do. Yeah. Sometimes I still do. Right. And you know what? You know what? When you go into a penitentiary environment, if you're on, if you're on, well, I don't know. I've never been on a level one or level two yard, but if you're <laughs> on a level three, a level four, level five, if you get up there, where it's pretty heavy security, that's a shark tank. And the big sharks come to the surface when the fish start splashing around. Mm -hmm. Right. And it's a different environment and you have to adjust your mindset to that. Or, you know, you're going to be a victim. And when you get out and you're in a normal society, it's a different environment and you have to adjust your mindset to it or you're going to be a victim. You'd be a victim of yourself. Right. Mm. And it's so hard. It's so hard. It's so hard to deal with. And in there, it's all about respect, fear, right? Yes. Respect to this guy. All right. They're scared to death of him. That's what it yeah. is. Right. Or, you know, they respect this guy over here. No, they don't. They're scared to death of his friends, what he could do if he said something. Right. Yeah. And yeah. that's the truth. And you know what? I was scared to death when I got out and came out into the world. Right. I didn't know how to do anything. When you and I met, I had, I had lived at the rescue mission for six or eight months and moved over here. I was so institutionalized. I just, I had a nicer cell. The yeah. apartment I had two, three doors down from you yeah. was a nice yeah. cell. That's what it was. Right. Yeah. And I started going, yeah, I had psychologists and psychiatrists and everybody. That ain't what I started going downtown by the river 
and walking up and down those sidewalks all the time where all those people were coming back and forth and they would even touch me, right? And bump into me and stuff. No. And there was a place down there called Sam's Hot Dogs. And you could go in there. They had they had tables out on the sidewalk where you could sit on the sidewalk and drink a Coke or eat a hot dog and everybody's passing by. And then you could go inside and eat in the dining room and there were less people. There were some coming. Then you could go out on the back balcony where there were no people, but you could look down and see the foot traffic, right? It was like three layers of insulation. And cause I would get so, I would get so freaked out walking around out there with all those people. And sometimes the different levels of insulation away, right? I had to do that. I got to where I was going to the mall all the time and just walk around. I didn't buy anything. I didn't have money. Uh, Walk around in there and be around people and watch other people. How do normal people socialize, right? What is, you know, what? this is my new normal. I don't act like these people. I need to get acting like these people, right? Yeah. And uh, you know, it it's that way, it's that way for a lot of people, right? When what is acceptable in one environment is not acceptable in another environment. And I was always self-conscious about that. Some people aren't. Some people are blinded by their own bullshit. It's just the truth of it. But if somebody, if somebody, if somebody's up in a trap house and they're all geeked out and they're running around acting like an idiot, well, guess what? So is everybody else in there. And they probably think you look real cool, but you show up in freaking, you know, go to Target four in the afternoon and start acting like that and see if you fit in right Right. freaking security guard come over there everybody stopping looking at you right right Right. you know it's different environments and you have to get adjusted to it right if you're in a i used to work the door in a trap house for two or three years okay the accepted behavior for those females that lived in there was not the accepted behavior for females at this church next door. It's just right. not, it's a different environment and you got to act. I mean, you, you have to adjust your behavior. You're going to stand out like a sore thumb. Right. And like you said, coming out of a prison environment, I will never forget. And it was a wake up call for me like crazy. Right. My mother was living in Myrtle Beach. She came up here to Wilmington, picked me up. It was right after you and I met when I moved over here. She took me to get an ice cream, a freaking ice cream. We walk into the place and this guy on on the other side of the counter, he's asking my mother what she wants on her freaking, hey, what do you want an ice cream, right? And 
she's like, well, I want this. And then he comes back. Well, you know, you can't have it like that here. I reached and grabbed him, snatched that boy across the counter and threw him down on the floor, put my foot. I was like, hey, man, you don't talk to my mother like that. Right. And I thought that I was having mercy on him because I stopped to say something. Right. 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 Okay. Right. This is not acceptable behavior out in normal society. You cannot. I don't act like that anymore, man. That's right. just not my mind, but my mind had to change and it, and it gets tested all the time. Right. Mm -hmm. You can't, you can't. Well, I think I, it would, I think all the things that you've done are, are, you know, because on my platforms, I talk constantly about retraining the brain and, for you, I think so many things worked in your favor that other people would look at and think are hardships. I believe that, you know, you having nothing, you know, coming here on the bus with with nothing to really start. But you I mean, that is philosophical in itself. You know, the man on his own rebuilding, you know, that it's played in your favor. I also believe that, you know you almost put yourself, I mean, you were retraining your brain without even honestly, like consciously just, I don't know if you even, I don't even, I know that you purposely did it, but I don't think that you even knew how, how greatly it was going to affect you to do all no. that stuff. You actually no. have, have the wherewithal to say, to go no. downtown and to watch these people and to really start observing and gaining. I mean, so much of that worked so well in your favor because again, I've seen you grow just exponentially over our years of friendship. And the great thing is, is we've gotten to grow a lot together and, and really just, you know, being able to take cues from one another on a lot of things is what I believe is part of the things that makes our friendship so special to me is that <clears throat> we have a way that we're, we've been able to talk to one another and use one another for support networks at times, because I don't ever want to have somebody that co-signs my bullshit, you know, and it's the same uh, as you, you ask it. I, I'd like, I, give it to me straight. Like, like I want you to give it to me straight. And it, that's a, that's an asset that people don't really appreciate in this day and age about having a friend that you can speak boldly and openly to and to have someone else who you trust their heart and their intentions call you on some bullshit, not because they want to be mean to you or put you down, but because they really care about you and they see that this decision that you're making here is it might not turn out the best for you. And I think that that so much of that is monumental. And I think so many of our listeners can really, really learn from that. I mean, you didn't run from your triggers. You ran to your triggers and you sat there and you met your giants face to face. I mean, going downtown, coming out of a prison system, going downtown and walking by people and really you know, having those bumps and, and the, the lack of respect, that was a trigger you ran to. You didn't 
pull your trigger over here and just pet it and love it. And mm, oh, oh. my trigger, don't touch it. You, right. you said, no, you know, you said, screw it, man. I'm going in. I'm going in. You know what? You know what? Like you said, you know, oh, this is my trigger. Let me put it over here in a closet and nobody get near it. People do that. And other people, they they get behind their trigger and run behind it like a freaking banner, right? And I'm like, come on, right? Well, I mean, it takes you take the power back from it. When you run towards it, you have the power over it. It doesn't have the power well, over you. How, how are you going to get any better? How for me? For me, I had to put myself into situations for growth or I was going to be stagnant. Right. Yeah. And I couldn't. Well, I mean, I guess I could have, but it wouldn't have worked for me. Um, right. But some people wear their freaking trigger like, like a bright orange t-shirt or something. Right. Yeah. And, and, not to be critical, I don't, well, I guess I am, but for me, my thought process just, it, my brain is not hard, hardwired that way. I stand back and watch them and I think, okay, you're really sensitive about anybody saying anything about that. No one would even freaking know that you even had that in your past if you didn't just freaking, you know, put on some freaking three ring circus over it, right? Do you want right. to or do you want to wallow in it, right? Well, I, yeah, I think that's like the modern model of recovery where, and I, and I think that that's, I think that comes from the textbook, you know, drug and alcohol counselors that, you know, haven't come from a life of addiction. They've come out of a school with a, with a handbook that says, everybody's so sensitive. Don't talk about this because we don't want you to struggle. But geez, man. Recovery is struggle. And the only way to wrestle it to the ground is to meet it. You know, I mean, it's kind yeah. of like hiding from a fight. You know, if a bully wants to beat you up, you can't hide from it every single day. Eventually, it's going to find you in a bathroom somewhere by yourself. And then the next thing you know, your mom is coming to identify you at the morgue because right. You know, you have right. built this thing up so much. It's growing. Mm -hmm. That's the mm -hmm. thing that, you know, I've heard people say. You know, yeah. yeah, yeah. Because this thing is for every time that we don't face it and we listen to one of these counselors tell us, you know, don't do this and don't mess with the trigger. Man, the trigger is not disappearing. It is doing push-ups. It is gaining mass and muscle over here in the corner and that thing is going to you're going to be the gazelle and that thing's the lion take your eyes off of it once and it's going to get you and i believe that it's not critical to to say what we're saying right now because it's the model of recovery i think a lot of people don't know i think they think they're doing the right thing because they tell them to but i, I don't think it helps I don't think it helps. You know what? 
I totally feel you on what you're saying, right? I'm almost speechless of how it freaking, I don't, I do not buy into, oh, you know, let's, let's freaking pamper this recovery person. And, you know, oh my God, don't say this around them or don't say that around them. You know, mm -hmm. I, that's not the way it worked for me. Right. Um, and it's not, it's very detrimental, I think. And you know what, just like, like you said, you and I talk to each other, just plain talk, right? Just team talk. Here it is. Right. And I guess a lot of people can't take that or whatever. That's what it took for me. It, me it took a strong hand. And you know what? Sometimes when you tell somebody the truth like that, <clears throat> it's a jagged little pill for them to swallow. But if they can keep it down, they'll get better. That's they, right. will, they will get better. Right. That's right. And hey, a spoonful of sugar, a spoonful of sugar, kiss my ass. And <laughs> spoons full of white powder is what got me where I'm at. That's right. right. And you know what? <clears throat> I know someone now that is over a year and a half clean, right? They are, right? And I remember when they were six months clean. And oh my God, this triggered me. That triggered me. And I was like, dude, I've had I've had trucks full of guns that didn't have this many fucking triggers. And I remember <laughs> I remember looking right at them and I and I mean it was a cold word, man. It was a cold twist. But you know what? They're so much better. I remember looking right at them and I said, Hey, look, at some point. You're not a baby in recovery anymore. Everybody doesn't have to burp you and change your little freaking recovery diaper, you know, every three hours, right? At some point, you know, you don't get to be the little baby anymore. Somebody else over here gets all the petting and attention and you have to be like one of the mature ones and sit back, right? Yeah. And you can't cry, you know, oh, their piece of the recovery pie is bigger than mine. Oh, they got Cool Whip on their freaking piece of pie. Yeah. And guess what? You know what? At some point, you don't get to be the little baby that everybody in the room puts powder on their little butt, right? Yeah. You got to be the one putting the powder on somebody's butt sometimes, right? That's right. And I remember distinctly i remember that very moment and probably they do too but guess what they're a lot better now than they were then and just like you said about enabling people and everything what do you think would have happened if i would have kept on stroking their little trigger every time they fucking oh my god oh my god right and i was like we'd be telling, yeah, a different, story. We'd be telling a different story yes we would right we yes would. We would. and because that cold word, man, you know, that cold word will be will be the very defining moment of of part of, you know, their their story. I mean, because we have them, you have them. I have them. You know, when I came into treatment and I went to an outpatient program, the first thing I did was I picked the one with the most rules I, I needed structure. And then when I went in, I said, OK, 
Give me somebody who is not going to buy my bullshit. And let me tell you how fluent I am in bullshit. I was yeah. addicted for 22 years because I coddled my, my places of victimization. I, I coddled my hurt. I coddled my anger. I coddled my bitterness. I coddled my blame. And then and finally I got, yeah. Surrounded uh -huh. yourself with people who also coddled it all. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah, and, and it almost killed me and I shouldn't be sitting here now. And until I, until I took that hard road, like you said, and started surrounding myself with people who, of course, it doesn't feel good when you first start hearing that because the nature of addiction is, you know, me, you know, it's, it's a me disease. It's a me. It's about me. It's a look at me. I'm hurt. I'm hurting. And, you know, and, and we hate ourselves. But eventually it is that word. It's that thing that that flips it around. And and I believe that the most successful recovery stories has a moment like that in it. I believe they have yeah. a moment like that in it. Yeah. Yeah. Of course they do. Of course they do. I had a lot of moments, right? <laughs> I have moments all the time. But <laughs> it gets easier as you go along because there's a transition of how your mind works. Right. Yeah. And, and you have to change. You have to, for real, your default settings have to change or you're going to, or you're going to go back. It's going to happen and it's going to get easier every time. Right. That's right. For, for me to go out, and get into a fight right now and hurt somebody would be difficult because my, my default settings have changed really. But once I ever did it, once I ever really did it, then the next time it would be a little easier the next time. And then you know what? It ain't me deciding to do it anymore. It, yeah. It, yeah. It's doing me then. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And it's the same thing. It's the same thing with a lot of things, you know. Um, <clears throat> am I going to become that, you know, asshole bully that I always was? You know, no, I don't want to. Yes, it's very tempting. It'd be hard the first time. Second time, it'd be a lot easier after that, you know. And who's to say? Cause there are situations that come up all the time where I'm, there have been a couple of times recently. I thought, okay, this is justified. This is I, should, I should this just is freaking do it. Right. Yeah. <clears throat> but if I do it that first time when I think, okay, I've passed it over all these other times, this really justifies it. Okay how much easier is it going to be the next time for me to justify this bullshit behavior in my own mind, lie to myself, talk myself into it. That third time, am I just going to go back to living that way and, and just being a bully all the time? Right. Yep. It, if someone, if some big stress factors come up in someone's life and they decide, Oh, you know what? I'm going to drink tonight or, I'm going to get high tonight. 
okay, you know, maybe they have to argue with herself a bunch that first time because they actually have changed, you know, their thought process. But who's to say that that first time, okay, there'll be a second time and then a third. And hey, man, maybe you only went and did it this one time tonight. Mm. But a week from now, some more stress comes up. You do it again. Next thing you know, you know, we're all strung out again. Right. Yeah. It's a, hey, if my money gets all jammed up, am I going to go steal something? If I do because of some situation, okay, am I going to steal something again and again? Am I just going to keep doing it, you know, and be back in that bullshit mindset? Am I going to start getting high all the time? Because, hey, man, I know how it is for me getting high. I freaking like it. It feels good to me and I want to do it all the freaking time until I don't like it and I don't feel good. But then I'm so far deep in it. Right. Right. And, you know, then you're you're shaming, you're, you're guilting, you're getting in the cycle. And, you know, we know very easy that, you know, the easiest thing in the world to do is go back to that way that you know it's it's harder to fight for that new way of life it's harder to to fight your way back in you know it's like it's like whipping the bully's ass that that first time but when you do that the momentum that you get from that is like you know i whipped that bully's ass what else can i do uh, like you start getting excited about yeah. what else can i do you, you know? know what the you know what the truth is about whipping bullies' asses, you normally don't have to. If you stand up to them, there's somebody else over here that won't fight back. So they man, they take the path of least resistance. They're going to go over here and jump on this person over here. That's not they ain't even going to happen. Even if the bully knows he can beat you up, and you know it, and he knows it too, there's somebody else over here that he ain't even going to have to beat up. They ain't going to fight back, right? They'll go jump on them. That's the thing with me is I start always thinking about how easy is it going to be that second time, third time? Am I going to, okay, this time I could probably talk myself into thinking that it's justified. I might even could talk some other people into thinking that it's justified. Maybe I could probably bully them into telling me they think it's justified. Well, I can go find that crowd too, you know, that yeah, oh, of course. that would go sign. The next time, I mean, how easy is it gonna be? Like if I go out here and jump on somebody, and you knew me when I was jumping on people, man, how shit that was my that my default sitting was yeah, freaking you know, hey, you look upset. How damn mad are you? You know? Yeah, real. Because we're not going to stand here and debate this like a couple of damn women all day. Yeah. You're going to do it my way or <laughs> we're going to get down, right? Whatever. Yeah. I don't want to be that guy again. <clears throat> my settings have changed, right? But if I override my new default settings and I go back to that, how, yo, man, that trail is is through the tall grass in my brain, right? And yeah. I've had to make a new trail, but that some bitch is still there, man. It's like an yeah. interstate 40, man. It can, and if you go get high, 
the second time is going to be easier. Third time, I mean, who's to say you're going to do it once and not just keep them doing it, right? If I go jump yeah. on somebody, who's to say that I'm just going to do it once or that shit's going to get good to me, right? And I'm going to do it again. And it's just like people want to take the easy way because it's the easy way, right? Mm -hmm. It's not the hard way. And, you know, if my money gets messed up, am I going to go out here and freaking steal something from somebody? Probably not. Am I going to go out here and start sell drugs? Oh, snap. I know how to do that really freaking good. Right? Yeah. yeah. Okay. Maybe, you know, and in my mind, okay, I'm just going to turn this one. I'm just going to turn this one bag right here and pay my rent this time. And then I'm not going to mess up my money no more. Yeah. Bullshit. Yeah. yeah. You know, yeah. you're going you're gonna to keep. You're going to keep doing it till you get caught. That's what you're yep. going to do, yeah. right? And in my mind, you know, if I go out here and, and jump on this one person and beat them up, you know, but I'll only do it this one time because it's just about it's the right thing to do. That bullshit. I'm going to turn right back into that. My, if I override my new default settings one time, I'm in danger of it just shifting back, right? Mm -hmm. If I don't know if I'm supposed to be, you know what? Sensitive is no good today. <laughs> if there are a lot of ladies that watch your show, I'm sure. If they, get their, if they get their money messed up, are they going to go out and turn a trick to get their money right? If they do it that one time, are they going to go right back into it? They're going to like that easy, quick money. Yep. And then give or yourself they do it the damn one time. Right. And then it also gives yourself, you know, you get, again, you get caught in that cycle of you do it one time. And then now all of a sudden you're beating yourself up because the old program says, well, now you've ruined everything. You've ruined all that time you have. And you just get caught in that cycle when, you know, look, we're all going to struggle. We're going to meet life. And, you know, there's always going to be a choice to, to take that old route. And we, we come back to that thing of here's, here's the time where you get to work your tool. Are you, have you changed those settings? Because you can find a million reasons why it's, you know, we can always find a reason to be justified. I mean, I think that first year recovery, it took me, it took me a full year to start to justify actually paying. Well, that and not, and, and paying for things in the store. Like I would tell myself, yeah. you know, yeah. that it was okay to steal this and this and this when reality is, you know, seven years later, I think back now and think I wouldn't steal a thing because the, the, the shit that I go through after doing that is so not worth it. I'd rather go through the pain of paying the five, $6 and be left. I'd rather do without it. Absolutely. I'd rather not even have something. Right? It's absolutely true because that whole guilt, shame, you know, wash, lather, what is it? Lather, rinse, repeat, lather, rinse, repeat kind of a thing is, you know, we can get caught in, in that whole process and then, and then what, you know, and then what, 
I mean, so I think what what I'm what I hear you saying, and this is what you know, I feel the same way is think it through, man. Play the tape all the way through before you make that decision. Play the tape all the way through. Play it all the way to the end. You know where it's going to end up. And eventually, just like Barry's saying, you know, you may struggle the first time. You may struggle a little bit the second time. By the third and fourth time, you're caught in the cycle. You're shaming and you're guilting. And now you're caught in the cycle. And so are there any tricks? Are there any? Well, this is a better question. What are some of your resources? now, Barry, that, that help you continue to grow as a human being, because you got five years, I've got seven years. We're not, we haven't arrived at any place, man. We're still working on this stuff day to day. We're, we're always trying to be better human beings. That's a, that's another great thing we share in common. That's why I, I iterate to people that, you know, get around people that are going in the direction that you're going, find some people that have what it is that that you are are moving towards you know you can't afford to have a bunch of people you know that are that are even somewhat behind you in the race because that that's a lot of weight to put on somebody especially in new recovery i'm to a place now where you know i like helping people come up but i'm not in the business of trying to pull people up or I'm not going to drag you along. If you want to come, you know, come on. But if you don't, I, I don't have the strength within or nor the time to try to drag you up here. You know, people come with, but what are some of the, what, what are some of the, the resources that you utilize in your life today to help you keep moving forward? My conscience. I have one now. I, yes. have, I grew one of those. I know. It's amazing, isn't it? <laughs> if something, when I think, when, when a situation comes up and thoughts start going through my mind, if, some, if, if something pumps my brakes one time, I've, I've trained myself to stop. Okay, hold it. That let's start, like you said, let's play the tape through or whatever, you know, because <clears throat> if something catches in your spirit, there's probably a reason, mm. right? And if you don't have, if you don't have that catch in your spirit, then like you said, you need to be around people who do. Right. You need to be around people who are a little further down the trail because a conscience comes along with it. Man. Yeah. And, and not just for myself, but for other people. Right. And I know you have put the brakes on me a few times. Right. Recently, <laughs> recently you were, you were like, Barry, don't do this. Right. <laughs> and, and, but for me, for me, if I have a catch in my spirit about something, then I've learned to stop. Okay. Okay. And also 
for me, with the guilt, the shame, and, you know, oh, you know, I'm just going to be Eeyore and go out here and freaking sit around and wallow in my sorrow and everything. That's a part of it, right? But what really scares me, what really scares me is not the wallowing and the shame and all that, being all destitute about it. It's when I start giving glory to it. Mm. Like, Hell yeah, man. I'm going to do this. Damn right. Watch me. Watch me. Mm. I mean, I'm, I'm the king of this, man. Everybody yeah. cool I am when I do this right here. Right? Yeah. yeah. And when I start giving glory to it, then it really, I'm like, oh, 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 oh. we got to stop this shit. Yeah. <laughs> There's still things there's still things now that I give a lot of glory to that I shouldn't, right? And um, luckily, I have some people in my life that check me up on that, right? And I guess I'm just like wired up different than a lot of people, I guess. But the people that did case management for me, and peer support for me and therapy for me that ever had any success that I ever had any success with were not the people that were just blowing sunshine up my skirt all the time and giving me pats on the back and telling me how freaking great I was. Yes. I was just sitting back thinking, okay, A, you're a dumbass. Because I'm <laughs> right. <laughs> right. And like you said, people who read it in a book somewhere or they heard it in a lecture, right? I've always had the attitude. I just sit back and I'm thinking, are you basing that on all your years of experience in the game? Is yeah. that what you're, you know, is it, this is your professional opinion? Is, <laughs> you know, where's your body of work, right? Mm. Show me the scars. Show yeah. me the scars, right? Yeah. yeah. And the people that I always did good with, were people that held my feet to the fire, you know, um, you and I had one case manager that we had in common that yep. man, they kept my feet to the fire all the time. Yep. And also I saw other people in that same program that I thought they weren't holding them to the same standard that they were holding me to. Well, you know where those other people are at now? Yep. They're not yep. where I'm yeah. at. That's right? the truth. And do you know where I would be if they'd have held me the same standard as those other people? The same place they're at, right? Exactly. I had to be, it took a strong hand, you know, with me. And too. I'm not the only, I'm not the only knucklehead out there. Right. It's not. There are other people who need to be, they need their chain jerked. Right. And yep. a lot of people, it's like, I remember being, I got told in church one time, this guy stood up and he said, watch this. And he did it. And he said, now I have just pushed all my buttons. There's nothing left for you to freaking, right? And it, I guess, I guess sponsorship and 
peer support and all that, it's kind of like going to Baskin Robbins for ice cream. I guess there's 31 different flavors and whatever kind that you respond well to, but I never responded well to being petted. It's like, yeah. don't pet my demons, man, please. Check my ass up, right? Yes. And one of the best peer support people, it was the best one that I ever had. Um, getting right back to that penitentiary mindset, the first day that we ever met, we got in a fight. I mean, a yeah. real fight. And yeah. this guy. Yeah, I remember that. Yeah. I was coming. I was straight off the yard. Man, it's freaking killer. A real life killer. Mm -hmm. Okay. I L L E R, not killer. <laughs> right? Right. Everybody, everybody that you meet is killer, you know? Yeah. Freaking Big Bird from West Sesame Street. They freaking <laughs> us on that. They ain't shit. Uh, uh, this guy, man, he was just got retired from the Marine Corps freaking drill instructor. You know, you have the same person for yeah. peer support. Man, the yeah. day we met, it was a fight within 30 seconds of the time that yep. we met. We were fighting, breaking furniture and stuff, right? But this guy yep. ended up being the best person in my, other than the Holy Ghost. Yep. Beats me up even worse than mine. <laughs> this guy, man, he really helped me. And some people, I guess, I know people who say, they respond well to, oh, you're doing so great. You're doing so wonderful. Oh, shit. Let's not talk about this. Or, you know, okay, I said it. Okay, now let's make a freaking pity potty party out of it. And, you know, are, okay, you're not addicted to this drug over here anymore. Are you addicted to attention? Have you become yeah. an attention whore? Right? Yeah. 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 You know? Yeah, I mean, addiction is far from just being about substance. And, you know, I think that it's it's very vital that people understand that and, and, and to know that. And that's what, you know, on this platform, that is my biggest, biggest goal is to, to you know, don't fool yourself into thinking that you're going to put down the substance and you're or you're going to put down the habit and, and life is going to get grand. We tell ourselves that in the street because the brain likes to find this one thing to blame. So we are telling ourselves, well, if I wasn't doing drugs, I'd have a job. If I wasn't doing this, I'd be able to have a relationship. I'd be a husband. I'd be a father. Don't tell yourself that because the substance is a just a byproduct of a far deeper, deeper problem. Well, Barry, we are about at time uh, for this episode, but man, I, I want to round this out into into saying you know Barry now is a certified peer support specialist you know the, there are so many things that that you we can all do when we come out of this life I mean you know I think that one of the things that I also love about Barry and one thing that I that I share with this audience intensely as is, and we've touched on it in this episode, is don't believe every thought that you have. You know, those thoughts that'll come across your mind of you can't do, 
you know, you can't never have a, a better life. You can't ever find a job. Don't, you know, all of that extreme language. I can't ever, I won't ever. That's all bullshit, man. You know, we make our lives and that is the bottom line. And you know what? There's a ditch on both sides of that street. I can't mm -hmm. never, you know, I'm no good at this and that and the other. Those are all lies, you know, from the enemy. All right. Yeah. The ditch that I fell in all the time was on the other side of giving glory to. I'm so good at being a dope dealer. I'm so yes. freaking good at being a leg breaker. You yes. Know? I'm a whole pimp. Yeah. Right? And I'm boosting myself. Given there's a ditch on both sides of the road, you know, you're gonna, yeah. you're gonna sit around and pout on yourself. All right, yeah. you're gonna brag on yourself and give glory to the bullshit, right? Yes, yeah. you got to find that center line, and it's hard, you know. Yeah, and it's gonna come with scars, it's gonna come with some tests, it's gonna come with some hurt feelings, it's but, gonna come you know, with hardships. You know what, though. You know what the truth is? And it goes directly back to talking about peer support and counselors and sponsors and stuff. Mm -hmm. When when King David went to go fight Goliath, King Saul, who was the king, handed him his armor, his shield, his armor. Right. And he didn't put it on. Right. OK, this is where about ninety nine percent of preachers go directly away from Scripture. They say, oh, he was so little and Saul was so big and he couldn't lift the armor. This is not what the Bible says. It says that David looked at that armor and said, there are no scratches and dents. It hasn't been tested. Uh, right? I ain't got no scratches and dents on you. Hey, if I'm going into battle. I want somebody beside me that's been through some fights, right? Yeah. I don't want some Twinkie, right? Yeah. Don't don't hand me your freaking shield and say I can hide behind it if it ain't got no scratches and dents in it. So right? true. Hey. Wonderfully said, man. Well, I didn't say it, right? Well. I think Isaiah said it, but hey, it's in there. Right. Great to bring it up, though. I mean, it's 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 a valid, valid point. You know, I will walk through this journey with you, man, for for as long as we get to do that, man. This has been an amazing interview. I'm glad that we are letting the world, you know, get to know us and how we have conversations, because y'all don't know. Barry and I talk like this all the time. This is how we talk. This is what we talk about. And, you know, I am grateful in my recovery to have a friend like Barry, you know, and, and I urge each and every one of you to, to get out there and, and find some, some folks to walk this thing out with you that are battle tested, that are battle ready, that are not afraid to, to give it to you the way it needs to go. I mean, if you're walking down a road and you're about to step on a poisonous snake, do you want somebody to tell you quickly or walk around the bush? And by the time, you know, you get it in that way, you're already bit. You know, somebody that comes over there, man, and knocks me off. That's yep, right. Man, because that's I'll true. argue with you about putting my head in that crocodile's mouth. Huh? You're very true. Very right. 
That's right. right. Absolutely. So everybody, let's let's join me in saying thank you so much, Barry, man. This has been amazing. I'm so glad we got to finally do this. I told you third time was going to be the charm. This turned out amazing. Um, yeah, man, we might have to do this again. This is good stuff. Uh, this is going to be good. Hope somebody heard something that helps them. Right. That, that's the thing is if someone, if someone can be helped from it, right. That's, that's right. what, matters. That's what it matters. makes it all worth it, man. It makes it all worth it. It makes every scar that I've got, everything that we've been through. That's what makes it worth it. So everybody, I want you to please remember to like and share the podcast. It actually gets us in the algorithms on on iTunes, on Spotify, on all the major podcast platforms, as well as on YouTube. This will be up and available on, on YouTube on the same day that it premieres on iTunes. So remember, push the like button, push the subscribe button, and don't forget to hit that bell notification so you know when we put new videos up. This has been a great pleasure. Thanks everybody for joining us. We will see you soon. And hey, remember, if you want to live your recovery out loud, if you want to show the world that you are proud to be in recovery, then go over to shoprecoverystuff.com. Pick up the latest, most stylish recovery streetwear, recovery gear, apparel, jewelry. They've got everything that helps you shine your light in a dark world. I can't tell you how many conversations that I've been able to get into just by wearing my shop recovery stuff. And you know what? You're shining a light for recovery and making recovery the epidemic every single time that you just wear that loud and proud. So head over to shoprecoverystuff.com and hey, tell them LC sent you. Barry, it's been amazing. I'll see you in a few minutes. Everybody else, I'll see you next time. Thanks so much. We love you. LC. This is the theme of Shop Recovery Stuff's spring line of apparel and merchandise. ShopRecoveryStuff.com has the most stylish, thought-provoking, and inspirational recovery merchandise so that you can live your recovery out loud and shine a beacon of hope for all those still sick and suffering. Hope is real because recovery is real. Get on over to shoprecoverystuff.com and tell them LC sent you. Well, as promised, Recovery Soul Food meets Barry Goodwin delivered. Barry is an amazing human being, and I am so grateful on a daily basis that I get to call him my friend. Barry is one of those guys, man, that that when he speaks, he drops wisdom. And this was a hard day. This episode came on a hard day. Barry was suffering massively from a migraine headache. We had had so many technical difficulties. So in fact, I want to have Barry Goodwin back on 
and so that we can continue to go into some of his recovery journey and just how he copes with mental health issues and, and overcoming his traumatic past on a daily basis. I think that will be a powerful interview. But I am grateful that the world has gotten to meet Barry Goodwin and I'm grateful to again be blessed with him in my life and now blessed into your life. His story is powerful, but what it lends to is that there is hope for all of us no matter where we are and that if you want to change your life, make the decision and take the actions towards it. Don't keep buying into the mindset that I'll get clean when or I will change my people, places and things when I have the resources to do so. Remember, Barry left his hometown of uh, in Tennessee, which is states and states away with nothing but the clothes on his back and he bought a ticket as far as that little bit of money would go and where he got off he has rebuilt his life and when he came here he came here with nothing and he threw his phone with all of his past and his contents out into the lake and he started in homelessness and now Barry has an amazing home he has structure to his life he's still working a program he has steady income Barry is living the dream and it just goes to show and to prove that when you put your mind to something when you are sick and tired of being sick and tired and you finally say I got no other choice but this and I'm not going to stop until I win all that you can accomplish man man so I hope that you take from this episode the fact that there is hope in recovery that you are worth it and that you can do anything that you put your heart and mind to so i want to ask you to re- to consider becoming a monthly sponsor of our podcast it helps us buy equipment and pay monthly subscription fees that keep us bringing this soul nourishing content to the world and right to you There's a package for every budget from 99 cents a month all the way to 29.99 a month as well or consider making a one-time donation. You can do it right here at anchor.fm/recoverysoulfood. I want you to know how much how much I appreciate all of you helping me live my dreams. This is my dreams and I started right where Barry did. Have your dream, set your heart into it, put your intentions out there and move towards it every single day. No matter how small the step, just take it. I also want to tell you that the Recovery Soul Food podcast is brought to you in part by Marty and Mark McLeod and shoprecoverystuff.com. If you want to shine your recovery light, then head on over to www.shoprecoverystuff.com and tell them LC sent you and just know that Marty and Mark McLeod are two of the most amazing human beings on this earth walking in true Christ-like nature for people that I've never actually physically met to sow into my dreams like this they are the reason that I get to bring you the recovery soul food podcast and I just love them 
and I love all of you. So please, if you cannot become a monetary su supporter, then share our content out, share it out with the world. Head over to our YouTube channel at youtube.com forward slash recovery soul food. Become a subscriber, like our videos, share them out, help us grow that platform. And if you think that you would make an amazing guest on the Recovery Soul Food Podcast, then go to www.recoverysoulfood.com. Scroll all the way down to the bottom and fill out the Become a Guest form, and we will touch base with you and bring you on the podcast. Once again, I'm Lona L.C. Curry. I'm living the dream, and it's in part because of you guys. I love you. I cannot wait, wait, wait to be with you again. So until then, have an amazing, amazing recovery journey.